from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Brody, Russell Westbrook. Nobody calls him that. He's always been the Brody. Yeah, I mean, that's Brockman's thing, but like... He, Nobody it, calls him that. How can you say no one calls does. him that when we all know that that's his nickname? The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. Brody. Everyone would be like, that's <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Today's guests, NFL Network reporter Jane Slater, Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, host of the Right Time Podcast, Bomani Jones, NBC Olympics commentator Sal Masekela. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons here for Rich. Very excited to be in with you this morning, this afternoon, wherever you're listening. You've downloaded, subscribed to our podcast. We appreciate you catching us there. We're live right now on Westwood One Radio, Sirius XM. Our friends here at Peacock. Big show today. Lots to get to. As you heard, all-star lineup, as always, on a Wednesday. Jane Slater, not going to Hollywood us today. Going to be a part of the show. At this point, though, I'm not going to believe Jane is joining us. Until we actually have Jane Slater on the show. Until we actually hear from Jane. We're supposed to have Jane Slater on the show. It was like two weeks ago, Jane's going to call in. Last week, Jane, yesterday, Jane... She might be busy putting salt on her McGriddle. We'll see. (laughs) We got Marshall Falk, Bumani Jones... My mentor, my dear friend, my brother, Salema Masakela, fresh off the Olympics. Very excited to catch up with him. Was it a McGriddle or was it Burger King? Did we figure out what it was? I think it was a McGriddle, TJ. You were analyzing every single frame of Hard Knocks last night. It was a McGriddle that Jerry was Everyone sprinkling. Everyone said McGriddle. I really salt. couldn't tell. I just know he was putting a lot of salt in that thing. Because if you've ever a had a, McGrid- a McGriddle, one thing you know, it, it lacks in salt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And then black coffee, Mike. Black coffee, too sweet and lows. Black coffee for Jerry Jones. Sweet and low, not as much. Uh, I want to. Th- I want to start though with some of the things I heard in this room before the uh, the show went live. <laughs> Again, the uh, local Brockman. We'll start with you. Very excited about a John Morant and R.J. Barrett card. <laughs> uh, both those cards being pulled in the same pack. Yeah, sh- <laughs> shout out to Mamba Cards. They posted this video. Uh, it's a card shop here in town in Los Angeles. They had a on card red John Morant rookie. And then a one-of-one R.J. Barrett in the same pack. It's like genius. One-of-one R.J. Barrett. Here, just take all of my per diem. There you go. Uh, Del Tufo screaming about Bitcoin. Some about Bitcoin over there. Crypto. The end of the we world. We want to thank all of you for your dedication and for your passion to serve. Well, that's R.J. Barrett. Thank you, Appreciate those inspiring words <laughs> wow. from the future Hall of Famer. Jeez. What is happening? And then, uh, as always, T.J. Jefferson in the corner with mismatching socks playing Reggie Noble before 9 a.m. We <laughs> love to see it. How are you? Red man. I'm great, Ben Lyons. I mean, well. How could I not be great, Doing bro? Well. Why not? Right? <laughs> I want to tell you guys a story this morning about a kid who was born in Long Beach. Amazing story, this young man. This man was born in Long Beach, grew up loving the Lakers. In fact, you know that famous parade when Shaq got on the mic outside Staples Center and said, can you dig it? Can you dig it? And Mark Madsen did the mashed potato. Remember that moment? Oh, yeah. And this is Long Beach, California, not Long Beach, Long Island. No, Long Beach, California is right here in Southern California. Man born in Long Beach who grew up in Hawthorne. Was there that day outside sweating it out in the sun with the Lakers loyal fans out there in front of Staples watching Mark Madsen do the mashed potato as a young man? This is a man who was five foot eight as a freshman with dreams of playing college basketball. Five foot eight as a freshman, along with his best friend, Kelsey Bars the third. They had dreams of playing at UCLA together. Sadly, those dreams were cut short for Kelsey because in May of 2004, 
the young man passed away due to an enlarged heart. And with his best friend no longer with him, this young man continued to persevere. He grew seven inches. Didn't start a game in high school until he was a junior. Ooh. Didn't get a letter of, of interest from a D1 program until after his junior year of high school, which is crazy. You think yeah. about it. Most high-profile seniors, they're going into their senior year. They've narrowed down the list of schools they're going to. They've paid some campus visits. They have a sense of where they're going. Yeah. This young man who lost his best friend during a pickup game. Kelsey passed away due to an enlarged heart while they were playing pickup basketball. Oh, wow. This young man continues to pursue his dream. He, he plays as a senior and just dominates. 25 a night, scores 50 in a high school game down the road in Carson. And because Jordan Farmar has aspirations to go to the NBA, this young boy who's now a young man goes and plays for UCLA. Where in two years, he goes to two Final Fours. And then he takes his talents to the NBA, has a Hall of Fame career, does things we have never seen before on the basketball floor, does things that have not been done in generations, plays at 100 miles an hour in an age of load management, in an age when guys don't know if they're in and out of the lineup. Sometimes the idea of a player is almost better than the actual player itself in today's NBA. The idea of the future potential or resting him for the postseason or load management. No, but this young man now, he played the opposite way. He went 100 miles an hour. He did things that the basketball world had never seen. And now as a family man, a leader off the court, he's building a school back in the hometown that raised him, back in Southern California. And now he gets a chance to play for the Lakers. This is Russell Westbrook. This is an incredible story. This is an amazing moment. Think about it, the game of life. Say what you want about the 30% from three. Say what you want about the behavior in game six against the Jazz when he was outplayed by Ricky Rubio. Yeah, he scored 46 points, but he shot 19 three-pointers, which is insane. <laughs> That's a lot. Say what you want about the 43% leading the league in turnovers. That's fine. But think about that story to be a kid from Long Beach who loses his best friend at a young age with dreams of playing at UCLA. He gets to be a Bruin. He goes to two Final Fours, continues his run in the NBA, has a Hall of Fame career, and now in the prime of his career with three kids, a family man, a, a, a fashion icon, the first to do it over in France. Now he gets to come home, play for the Lakers. Come on, if this, this is what sports is all about. Listen to Russell Westbrook yesterday at the press conference. Man, it's uh, surreal. I think it still hasn't kind of hit me yet that uh, being from L.A., growing up not too far from here, being able to um, watch the parades, uh, try to go to a miss school to try to go to them, um, being a Laker fan and uh, being from L.A., but now everything coming full circle for me is uh, it's a blessing. You know, it's, it's uh a lot of things I can't put into actual words just because, you know, some of these dreams don't come true for people like myself. Um, and I'm truly blessed and thankful uh, for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get started. We'll analyze the basketball when the season starts. When they go on a three-game three losing streak, we'll, everybody will tweet about it and say it's not working out. But let's just take a moment right now and wrap our arms around the fact that this is an amazing story. The fact that this dude is coming home to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers, building a school, the Why Not Academy, building it here in Los Angeles. I think it's amazing. I know his friend Kelsey Bars would be incredibly proud of him. And it's just a, a quick reminder 
before we get into the tweets and making fun of them for losing and the Clippers <laughs> and who runs L.A. and all that stuff, That's we'll get there in November. Probably. But right now in August, just take a moment to recognize what sports is all about. Celebrate this young man coming home, a father now, a leader. I love it. And I've been very critical of Russ's basketball game over the years. I'll be the first to admit but the more that, that I, I settle into this idea of Russell Westbrook as a Laker, seeing him with the jersey, hearing the stories about him cutting class to go to the parades. That's what I used to do with my friends. Yeah, that's cool. Yankee parades. I'm not even a Yankee fan. We always would try to cut class and go to the Yankee parade. It was a huge thing growing up. As a Red Sox fan in high school, you know nothing about this. But the idea <laughs> that he can now play for that team and his relationship with Kobe, too. They won a gold medal together. The fact that Kobe's somebody who was very close with Russ and now he gets to play with Melo again and play with LeBron. They have a special friendship. The only guys in the NBA with schools are both on the same team. Like the active guys who have their own schools are both playing side by side, talking about the curriculum for the kids. I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think it's going to work out. I'm all in on Russ out in Los Angeles. Is this uh, something too, Ben? Your appreciation of this just coming, being an old, being an older man, married Absolutely. now, like yeah, just Absolutely. something. The game of life. Yeah. It's so easy to throw shots when you're talking about the game of basketball. I'll be the first dude who's going to heckle and be the you know say right. something ridiculous and and tweet and criticize them for again shooting seven of nineteen in an elimination game. Took forty three shots that night for forty six points against the Jazz. Ricky Rubio, who looks like a DJ in Ibiza, like outplayed him. <laughs> So Russ, Russ is definitely, when he wore the photography smock to Oracle to try to troll Kevin Durant, and then Durant funny. gave him a burger in the game. That was funny, too. Yeah. KD sunned him that night. Yeah. So I, I, I'll be critical. I get it. But I think it is getting older and having a little yeah. bit more perspective and understanding where guys come from, what they've had to overcome. You know, the idea of losing your best friend at a young age. You know, TJ, you share stories about losing your nephew and it, it breaks my heart. And it's something that stayed with you and has motivated you, I would imagine, inspired you. And yeah. Catch moments of inspiration throughout the day or sadness. Real life seeps in. No doubt. And you no think doubt. about that with Russ and he writes, you know, KB on his on his shoes and he's got his wristband on. And, and that connection that they had, his best friend, their dreams of playing at UCLA together. And then Russ goes and lives that dream for the both of them and now gets to come home and build a school and inspire the next generation. Like if you can't remove yourself from the hot take culture <laughs> right, right, right. of will LeBron win another title with Russ? If Russ doesn't win the title, is he an all time great Oscar won too. Like, no, like let's, let's just take a beat. Yeah. The game of life celebrate this incredible moment. The fact that this dude, you know, has overcome uh, so much in life and now is, is able to share it with the next generation. It's why you love sports. Yeah, the humanity part of the it. Humanity, you know? The humanity, yeah. the compassion. The compassion, the empathy. You know, TJ, maybe you can speak to this more, but, like, people like me, he said. You know, that's not someone like me. That's someone like him and where he grew up. They don't get to live dreams like this and to see it come true. And I guess, you know, like, I don't think the basketball part is going to work, but like you said, in August – Let's celebrate it because it's a really cool story. It's a really cool yeah. story. And yeah. people who aren't Laker fans or Laker haters, that used to be me before I saw the light and bleed purple and gold <laughs> with Carmelo Anthony going to get his first title. I will be outside that parade. Do you think Melo will do the mashed potato like Mark Madsen? <laughs> I'll be there in the crowd. THD. Just like Russell Westbrook we'll was as a young man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Ben, when you, when you bring up, when you, when you do things for someone other than yourself that yeah. help motivate you, you brought up him writing KB's name on his jersey and wristband and it just kind of made me 
think about this, you know, every day I wear this wristband on my wrist and it says uh, ish 24 on it. And people are always like, why are you always wearing this wristband? Well, the thing is, after my nephew passed away, his sixth grade basketball team made these wristbands with his name and his number on them. And they wore them for him. And I kind of told myself, because I always said he was like my right hand man, that I'd always wear this. So I've, it's this is obviously isn't the original from 2009. I've actually gone and I've had others made with the pattern from the original. But I, I try to wear this every day just as a reminder. And if people happen to see it on TV and they see his name, it just kind of makes me feel like at nine years old, he was taken away. But I want to make sure people knew he was here. So I, I completely understand and and, and, and feel Russell. That's that. incredible, and I appreciate you sharing. And that's something you share with Russell Westbrook: the idea of honoring the people who have helped be a part of your life and yeah. wanting to continue their legacy as you write your own. And it's those relatable things, that, like you said, the humanity in sports that we connect to as fans. You root for and you celebrate. And I appreciate that about you. Appreciate that about Russ. And you know, for a lot of people out there to to acknowledge that it's bigger than them. And it's, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that support them, help them, are a part of their journey. And sometimes, unfortunately, they can't be there to be a part of it. That doesn't mean that they can't then come along with you in spirit. So shouts out to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I love sure. seeing the moment uh, yesterday being announced uh, officially as a Los Angeles Laker. And Kimball Walker's coming home. <laughs> yeah, go on my Twitter. I am Ben Lyons. See Chaz Palminteri. Tell the story. The kid from the Bronx. Cue the Diddy music. An emotional day home. here on Rich Eisen Show. Hey, the NASCAR uh, Cup Series, NASCAR Cup Series heads to the Brickyard to take on the road course for the very first time. Witness the start of a new tradition. The NASCAR Cup Series Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on NBC. We never know if she's going to Hollywood us or not, but apparently Jane Slater from the NFL Network is going to call in next, talk some hard knocks. She might be busy putting salt on her McGriddle. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The quarterback. Of America's team, Dak Prescott. Good to see you, sir. Great, great. How are you? I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you are. You are most welcome. Um, How do I? I mean, do I call you uh, a free agent quarterback sitting here? What do I call you? I don't know. This is my first time going through this. Uh, You tell me. Call me whatever. I guess. I will call you Dak Prescott. That works. That works. One of the top quarterbacks (laughs) in the National Football League who deserves to get. Let me use the word pizzade. How does that sound? I like it. What does it mean to bet on yourself? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you believe in yourself. You have the confidence in yourself. Uh, you're, you're not listening to your doubters. You're not listening to the people that that, that think you can't do something. Uh, and that's how I've been my whole life. Um, if I've ever listened or ever um, took into account what others thought of me, I wouldn't be here with you today. So, I mean, I've got all the confidence in myself. I'll bet on myself again and again. And Where do you get that from? Where do you pick that one up? I think just the way I was raised, just uh, facing adversity and, and overcoming adversity and knowing that with the right mindset, with being positive and being optimistic, uh, controlling what you can control, um, everything's in front of you. And uh, for me, that's how it's been throughout my life. And I'm just how I continue to continue to move. I'm going to ask you the, the question this way about what contract you think you're going to get. OK, in terms of pie, because I've heard there's less pie. I've heard there's, there's more less pie. pie. That's right. There's the, there's there's Jerry Jones right there. The voice of Jerry Jones. We've heard there's less pie. We've heard there's more pie. Uh, I'm wondering if you think this is deep dish pie. How deep is is it a deep dish pie? If I'm guessing, I'd say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, long-term uh, pie? Is it long-term pie? I don't know. I just want a piece of the pie. Just put it like that. Okay. Uh, I'm getting hungry, right? I mean, <laughs> that's it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and is it is it a pie that, that starts with a four? Is it a pie that starts with a four? I, I could just said, uh, I'm leaving up to my agents to cut my piece of the pie. Uh, okay. I'm just ready for it and ready to eat. So okay. when that happens, I'm ready to get to work and... Um, excited for for this offseason. And now we've also heard through Demarcus Ware told us that when you sit in Jerry's office, have you gotten the Jerry's office meeting yet? I've been in Jerry's office. Okay, but that he lights a candle, turns the lights down, and gives you a whole Dallas Cowboys speech. Have you had that? You have not had that yet? No, okay. I haven't had that one yet. He says that that happens when he's trying to close a deal. <laughs> so I think you'll know that you're really close if you when walk the lights in. Lights turn off. Lights go okay. down. Thank, Jerry thank you Jones. for that uh, that warning and that heads up. So Just, now I know like what's going on when that happens. There's apparently a votive candle with a Dallas Cowboys star right on the side of it. I don't know if it's scented. It's make me to smell it. Make me the smell of pie of some sort. Right. I'm just saying that hasn't happened yet. Is what you're saying? It hasn't happened. Okay. When you get that happened. call, you know. Wow, I'm close. Okay. okay. Appreciate that. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to help you out right you there. Need that heads up. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can be a part of the show. At Rich Eisen Show. At I am Ben Lyons. 844-204-RICH. Say hi to Adam. For those uh, not, for those listening on Westwood One who aren't privy to the archives, I love the archives here. You guys have done some great interviews awesome. over the years. Rich was just talking to Dak Prescott about pie. <laughs> and I love that uh, when watching that interview, Brockman told the story. Oh, yeah, 
Dak Prescott was wearing some Lululemon Capri pants. I went and bought those right afterwards. <laughs> immediately. By the way, immediately after the show that day, uh, one of our camera guys, Nick, we looked at each other and were like, we need those pants. Immediately went to Lululemon and bought them. Settle down just a little bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jimmy. Sorry. And I love them talking about pies. Got me hungry. I saw this tweet from Rex Chapman. Tell me your most genuinely controversial food opinion. Said mushrooms suck. Uh, I think mayonnaise is disgusting. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but I'm just going to put that out there. This takes a nice chunk out of the pie. Uh, but, but putting salt on the McGriddle, that, uh, that's, uh, I don't know. First, what are we doing eating McGriddle? It's 2021. So that, I want to start there. Uh, Jane Slater joins the show, NFL Network. We saw her on, on Hard Knocks briefly. We'll get to her short cameo in a second. Do you put salt in your McGriddles, Jane? It's so California elitist of you to say who eats McGriddles these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we don't know where it came from. It's non-GMO or whatever. In, in Texas, we pretty much eat everything processed. I love salt. That's going to be the, my downfall at one point. So I felt the kindred spirit to Jerry uh, in that scene and particularly all the F-bombs. I really have to watch myself, even my own family when I'm at home. They always say to me, how do you use that word so frequently and not say it on air? And I just say, one day it's going to slip me up. (laughs) (laughs) A reminder, Jane, the Rich Eisen show, a family show here on Peacock Westwood One and Sirius XM. What's it like for you to see your Cowboys family now on TV for the whole world to see? You've been around this team for, for so long. Now we get to see uh, these guys wrapping presents for each other. We get to see them catching punts. We get to see them in the locker room. It just gets the whole world gets a look in to the Dallas Cowboys, a team you've covered for a long time. Well, I had a few takeaways. And and to your point, of course, I've watched Hard Knocks over the years, but it does hit a little bit closer to home when, you know, the cameras are in front of you every day and they're shooting this, but you've also gotten to know a lot of these guys off the field. I love that they started with Dak Prescott. Uh, because I think fans got to see authentically who he is. In fact, there's a person working on a piece on Dak Prescott, and they reached out to me and they said, just for perspective, is Dak really as likable as everybody says he is? And I said, that's the crazy thing about him. You know, I've covered plenty of quarterbacks over the years, and I think they they get battle scars from dealing with the media. They sort of clam up. Um, They start to distrust people. Their circles get smaller. Dak's not that guy. I mean, when I go and do events with him or whether it be at the football field or when I see him out at dinner or in public in Dallas, what you see is what you get. And I think that's what endeared him so quickly to that locker room in 2016 and why it was so easy for Jerry to hand the keys to the franchise to him over a guy that vacationed with the Jones family in the offseason. So I appreciated that. And then I also feel like a lot of people just refuse to give Ezekiel Elliott credit for personal growth and getting and and getting older and wiser. I'm glad I'm not judged on a lot of the mistakes that I made when I was 20, 21, and I'm glad there wasn't cell phone videos back then, quite frankly. And so when I see his maturation over the years and his playfulness and what he's like away from the cameras because of so much that he had to deal with early on in his career as it related to the media and scrutiny and and you know, everyone's observations, and you can say what you will about all of that, but he is a very likable guy. His teammates absolutely love him, and Dak and him truly do have this special bond. You know, one has the 2-1 uh, as a jersey number 21, the other is four, and then the area code of Dallas is 2-1-4, so it's always been this 
really, and they're just, they're polar opposites. You know, these two guys have completely different personalities and they're sort of an unlikely couple, but it is just such an authentic and pure friendship and relationship. And then, like I said, Micah Parsons is one of these guys who you never know what to make of the hype train when it, especially with the Cowboys, like it's really hard not to to drink the Kool-Aid sometimes because of the PR machine that is Dallas. But Micah Parsons consistently makes plays on the football field. And there was all of that stuff at Penn State. I talked to a number of teams that just felt there was a little too much there for them. And I pressed him on that, you know, his introductory press conference. And he said, look, that's behind him. There was an investigation into some of uh, some of the things that were related to I would call it hazing on campus, so to speak. Uh, and he was ready to move forward. And since then, uh, he really has just shown up and shown out for this team every day in practice. He was only in for two series in the Pittsburgh game and had the fumble recovery and I think three tackles. And then you saw on the show, he just kept wanting to play. He just reminds me of, I don't know if you have siblings, guys, but I have a younger sister. She's six years younger. And growing up, she always wanted to play with me and my friends. So she'd always come knock on the door and we'd slam the door and you can't play with us. That kind of feels like Micah sometimes at practice. Like he's just so eager to hang out with the veterans and be a part of the group. I just wonder how that acclimation's uh, going to take place. But I think when you're making plays and you're helping the defense win that side of the ball, I think it's going to be very easy for him to do that. Co-host of the Boys and Girl podcast for Fox Sports Radio, Jane Slater joins the show. Jane, yesterday when Messi was announced for PSG, the PSG account on Instagram went up by 20 million followers. Did your follower count go up from your cameo on Hard Knocks last night? (laughs) (laughs) I think someone said my head looked like a Twinkie because all you saw was like blonde hair and it was like, you know, this kind of cone shape and it was taking up a third of the screen. I, I, was, I was disappointed. I did get it an IMDb credit, so it, Jane's head will get, you know, its own page. Uh, but I was disappointed. I asked some of those questions and, you know, at least give me a producer credit, Hard Knocks. You know, I, I'm putting a lot of effort into looking my TV best out there and uh, can't, even, can't even get a look out there. It's, it's tough out in these streets. Hey, hey, Jane, it's Brockman. Uh, You mentioned Dak Prescott to start the episode. I mean, kind of a jarring image of that scar uh, to begin to begin last night. But how about the revelation of the second surgery? Was that really known among the Cowboys insiders? Yes. Uh, I had learned about a second surgery uh, about January. And this surgery took place towards the end of December now. There were different ways that it was characterized back then. We were told that it was a second surgery, that he pushed himself so hard in rehab that he hurt himself. And then others reported it as a cleanup surgery. And so, you know, it was hard to understand what that surgery was, but we knew there was a second surgery. Uh, Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport ended up reporting that, I think it was in February or March after, you know, we had all sort of collectively done some digging on this. And then there was Dallas radio station in town, 105 through the fan that really went hard on this. So there were people talking about it, but I don't think he ever openly admitted mm-hmm. to the second surgery or the extent of that surgery back then. So it's hard to say what, what it was, but if it was just a cleanup surgery, then why did he feel the need to bring it up? I thought that was interesting. Right. And what about the the lat issue, the shoulder? How's that working itself out right now? I thought it was interesting. So 
walking you back through that day, we saw exactly what the hard knock cameras were seeing. You know, he came out to practice the day before. I mean, he was he was a gunslinger out there. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of us were shocked that even the ankle wasn't heavily taped and he didn't see, seem like he had any limitations. But I mean, he was just, I mean, you saw it. I mean, just throwing that ball with, you know, ton, a lot of force. And so I don't know if he strained it. Uh, in that way, he hasn't really said how this muscle strain came to be. But he walked off the field. It was like sort of this innocuous injury. Nothing. He wasn't hit. Uh, it wasn't like he pulled up all of a sudden and, you know, screamed in pain. And then we just see him walking off uh, with the training staff. And the local team reporters were supposed to do an interview with him at two that day kept getting delayed. And then there was going to be a statement and I was sitting there going, well, if it's just a strain, why do we need a statement? Right. So we had a, we had a former player out there and I said, just out of curiosity, would you guys take somebody into town for like an MRI or something? If there was like concerns and they said, absolutely. And so sure enough, around five 30, we get this press release that says there's this latissimus muscle strain. Um, and we're not worried about it. We're just going to be careful with it. But then we hadn't seen him throwing like a week and a half. So I didn't know what to make of it. And then there was a revelation from Jay Glazer that we heard last night. He said they consulted with the Texas Rangers yeah. baseball staff yeah, on it. And yeah, then we right. hear it was also the Yankees. So there was clearly even more concern about this thing. Yeah. So then when I reached out to some people uh, within the baseball community, they said, well, this is something that could be as dramatic as season ending or it's a cortisone shot. So I've kind of stayed away from it because it's sort of all over the place. Yeah, you can even see the confusion last night on the episode. Just like nobody really knew what was going on. Like Jerry Jones just bothering the medical staff. Like really weird. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then I would say for Cowboy fans that have to give them a moment of relief, Dak Prescott was out there yesterday throwing the ball 20, 15 yards, Jamari Cooper off to the side. He's just one of those players. And and if I had to guess, that second surgery and this are two examples of Dak wanting to be so great and get back on the field with his teammates that I think you have to save him from himself sometimes. In other words, hey, Dak, don't push it. Don't rush it. And even as Dak and Kellen Moore said, or Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore said, because we had the Hall of Fame game, we had the benefit of four preseason games. They got out here early. This was a team that was full participation in minicamp and OTAs. So they've gotten a lot done. I think the one thing that's probably lacking at this point is continuity because we've seen Tyron Smith out with elbow tendonitis. Amari Cooper just got activated off the pup list. And, of course, now you've got Dak Prescott. But I don't get the sense they're overly worried. And just the thing I keep going back to is even after all that happens, the first day they've had a practice, he came out to the practice field and still did those interviews with all the local media at 6 p.m. that night. And for a guy that spent an entire offseason dealing with a brutal season-ending injury to come back from that and then to have a quote-unquote setback with his arm, if it was going to be serious or a true setback, I don't think he would have come out there and done all those interviews, been at practice, you know, the next days when he had the cake to his face. Like, he's been in the best of spirits. And he's gone through full bore in all of the workouts using that lower body and throwing just kind of with the left hand gingerly as he gets it back to the training staff. So just based on what I've seen with my eyes and what I'm being told, it doesn't feel like this is a major setback. 
So that's all I can. That's all I know, and all I can say based on just what I've seen and heard. At Slater NFL on Twitter, Jane Slater NFL Network joins the show. And Jane, as you know, the Cowboys are probably the most polarizing franchise in all of sports. You're either a diehard or you hate them with a passion, it seems. Nobody seems to be indifferent to the Dallas Cowboys. But I have to be honest with you, Jane, getting to know TJ Jefferson over these last few weeks, filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show, there's part of my heart that is rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. The Super Bowl's about a nine iron from the Rich Eisen Show studios. Can you imagine TJ Jefferson in Los Angeles Super Bowl week? with the Cowboys in the big game. Is there a feeling of just like specialness around this group? Is this a special group, you think? Do you think TJ has real plans for Super Bowl celebration here in Los Angeles? I think there's real talent on this roster. But to be fair, there's been talent on this roster in years past. The problem with the Cowboys is putting it all together. And whether that be coaching, whether that be injuries, they just they haven't been able to put it all together and and I've been shocked to see even Jerry Jones take a more tempered approach to the season. Uh, Mike McCarthy saying you know last night, you know, let me paraphrase because of all the f bombs that essentially they're not there for a winning season. They're not there for the playoffs. They were for the Super Bowl. That's the most deliberate I've heard them talk about this season. I think it's implied. That's why Jerry made the change with Mike McCarthy, a guy who has skins on the wall. That's why they went all in on defense. They said goodbye to a lot of uh, guys that were free agents, spent eight of their 11 draft picks on defense. And then just how emotional Jerry's been as of late. He's an emotional guy. He pulls you in when he talks about his passion for football and specifically for this team. But it does feel different this year. And I've said that in the past, but – I mean, you saw when he's getting really emotional talking about he could be anywhere in the world, but he chooses uh, to be at training camp. Think about anything that you've loved and anything that you've put your heart and soul into, and then just to have it come up flat every year, I would imagine that's frustrating. And I know a lot of people say, well, if you're willing to do anything to get to a Super Bowl, why don't you just name uh, a GM? It seems like that's very uniquely Dallas these days. I mean, Mark Cuban's doing that now. <laughs> with the Dallas Mavericks. So I understand the need to cut out the middleman, and a lot of people don't realize Will McClay and his and his staff do a lot of the work, but obviously Jerry signs off on all of it, and I'm always very impressed with how well Jerry knows this team. I mean, this is a guy that can literally go down the list and tell you everything you need to know about players. I've interviewed several coaches who just know guys by numbers, but he knows the intricacies of all players. So for the knock on that, I understand, but just covering this team, I truly believe this team wants to win, but I think given how ugly last season got and all the optimism when CeeDee Lamb fell to you and it felt like you were getting all these free agents coming to Dallas because Mike McCarthy and it was disasters, I think everyone's just being tempered, and maybe that's a good thing for Dallas finally. Jane Slater joins the show, NFL Network. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, Jane, what up? It's TJ. How you doing? What's up, my man? Oh, chilling, chilling. So I, I've got a question. I know you've got a lot of good friends, you know, and <laughs> you like to do nice stuff for your friends, whether it be, you know, Julie Sessions or Colleen Wolf or MJ Acosta. Why you give and love to my friends. Of course. That's my man. Of course. Now, here's the question, though. I know you love them, but do you love them enough to do what – Zeke did for Dak and give him like a, a Goyard bag rolling suitcase that costs, I don't know, 
I'd say a substantial amount of change. I mean, are you that close with someone that you spend that kind of coin on a gift? Does Colleen Wolf get that on her upcoming birthday? That's all I'm, that's all I'm asking. It's a great question, and I feel like my social media persona is not in alignment with what my actual bank account is sometimes. <laughs> I, know that, I know that Ben Lyons used to roll in those fancy New York circles oh. and the Vogue circles, but I actually didn't even know what that bag is. Plug what? out to iFly. It's a bag you can get at Walmart. It's a hard shell. It's $100, and I fought with some friends who had the Chumi bags. I'm like, it's just a suitcase. Um, but to your point... I was thinking the same thing and almost put a poll out on Twitter last night. So I like to see that you and I are always thinking that content is king here. (laughs) I don't think I've ever spent more than maybe a hundred bucks on a dinner for a friend. We've got this friend group in Dallas and it's fairly obnoxious and I refuse to participate. It's like 20 girls that I don't even know. uh, (laughs) Most of them on this group text and every girl's birthday, it's everyone pitching a hundred dollars to buy someone a fancy bag. I don't have half the fancy bags that these girls have. In fact, there was a Sex and the City episode where Sarah Jessica Parker ended up sending, uh, she registered for shoes because she kept buying all of her friends baby shower gifts and wedding gifts. And she was like, I just want shoes after all of this investment. So long story short, I can't imagine. I think somebody sent me a link to this. It's a $13,500 bag. It's really expensive. (laughs) Wow. So I've got two thoughts on that too. These days, there's a lot of sponsorship. So remember when he got the offensive line, all those John Deere, uh, they were like razor tractors that, that they could ride? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he had a hookup there. And I've got to imagine that Goyard or whatever this bag is got quite a bit of publicity from doing this, so maybe he got a discount. He does have a very good agent, Rocky Arsenault. I wouldn't put it past him. Jane Slater joining the show, pretending not to know anything about Goyard bags. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Jane, uh, I saw your your social media. I saw at Slater NFL on Twitter. You mentioned it. And I saw you got a bone to pick with this show. What's the beef? You know, I'm disappointed, guys. I, and sometimes, and I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to defend yourself because sometimes social media is like phone and stories get twisted and manipulated. But I was disappointed to hear and read that you guys thought that I wouldn't survive sur- survival. Oh. That I'd be voted off the island. Who said Why that? Why is that? Why well, is that? Well, first of all, Jane, I don't know if on the island of NFL reporters who have to live off the land to survive. I don't know if that's your natural environment. They don't have $200 flaming desserts that come on fire on Instagram. <laughs> I am not that booty. <laughs> <laughs> so for Sal Palantonio, somebody who's, you know, had to survive off the rest stops on the I-95 for 30 oh years. <laughs> Let's talk about Sal when you go on a shoot with him. I'm going to go with Sal, I, I pal. Like I got to be honest, Jane. I think like we need to phone a friend and call my bestie, Diana Rossini, to talk about this. Rossini and I are like cockroaches. I mean, I survived last year here in Dallas, and I didn't know if the Cowboys were going to let me come back after all the problems I talked about defense. So if I can survive Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, I think I can survive uh, being on an island of folks. I also grew up in a family, contrary to popular belief on social media this offseason, <laughs> we were in pop-up tents. So like my whole growing up, we did a lot of camping. I was a Girl Scout. So what is your specialty? Am- are, you, are you going for the fish? Are you cooking the rice? Are you building the hut? Like what would be your niche on Survivor? 
all the things. I'm incredibly resourceful. Oh. I also am a huge fan of dystopian dramas and end of the world. So everything from The Walking Dead to you name it, I've watched it and I've prepared for all of these potential scenarios. Well, Janie, then you know as a fan of the show then, you don't want to be too strong because then you're a target. Well, that's why I, I am going down the Elizabeth Hasselbeck track. You know, she looks petite and blonde and cute and everyone said she's not going to make it. It's all in the mind, guys. All in the mind. Jane Slater <laughs> climbing up the power rankings here That's on the right. Rich Eisen show of NFL the reporters surviving in the wild. Don't know if Diana Rossini <laughs> can skin a squirrel to make it through the night. We appreciate you taking some time, Jane. <laughs> hey, Ben, also, if Jane, if Jane survived that Metairie heat, in that tweet that oh, she yeah, sent us about true. the swamp, but if you and almost shut Twitter down, if you could survive that, Jane, yeah, it was hot out I'm there. I'm thinking huh? maybe you could survive. I told you guys, it's hard out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You guys are the best. I remember getting this tweet and was just like, I have no idea where we, we like, got this, but I'm what? so happy. <laughs> yeah. No, she's she's already training for our for our Survivor series we with NFL reporters. Happen. We appreciate <laughs> the dedication, Jane. Climbing the power rankings. Thanks for checking in. Bye, guys. Always good talking to you. Jane right, Slater, Jane. NFL yeah. Network, giving us great stuff on the Cowboys. All right, so Jane's climbing the list. Power rankings. How is Sal Palantonio right at the top? That guy's been surviving <laughs> off rest stops and snacks on the I-95 for years. I thought we agreed that Florio was from West Virginia, so yeah, he Florio may have Florio up there. Florio's a sleeper. Jane Slater, no, not afraid of the humidity from that tweet. <laughs> like, I got so excited talking to her about NFL Survivor, I forgot to get that nugget about the Saints from her. She had like, something oh, on the Saints. She had a Saints nugget. That's all right. Saints nugget, but... Let's well, call her she back. had a bone to pick with us. That's later <laughs> NFL on Twitter. Coming in hot. Yeah, I don't remember anyone saying that she wouldn't yeah, do, did, well, did, did, we, Were we disparaging, Jane? I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that. I don't know if Albert Breer said that she couldn't build a fort, but she was <laughs> By the upset. Way, I mean, I love Albert, but he's the first. Yeah, no, he's more of a glamper, I <laughs> yeah, can tell. He's first uh, the Red Sox are having a meltdown. We'll have Brockman's reaction next. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. On the Rich Eisen Show, we got Marshall Falk coming up as well. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Marshall, you were here in show number two. Yes. We're about to celebrate our second anniversary. Uh, show number two, you and Marcus Allen kindly revealed the, the bust that the uh, good folks at DirecTV made up. I love up. it. To have a bust, that's big, Rich. So that was an honor. And so it's an honor that you are sitting here for the latest reveal involving the Rich Eisen show. 
that's going on right behind us here. Okay. Mike Tufo, are you out there, Mike? Yes, I'm here, Rich. Okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So what are you revealing? Uh, you, you've got uh, right here. You got Right a- up here above me is a brand new... Rich Eyes and Show Sign. A new Rich Eyes and Show Sign. Am wow. I going to do it now? You see this. Yeah, here we go. Let's here we do go. It. Oh, this, this is going to be fun. I just hope it doesn't come down in your what head. What are the odds that he I can't do it because the way it's just set up. To put down the so, microphone, dude. I can't. This is the worst reveal ever. <laughs> Take down keep both. Pulling, Del Tuf. both Pull. Just put the microphone down. This is good, Rich. This is good. He's going to break down the whole thing. Yes. Pull both of the cords, you... <laughs> hey. No, we cannot have this as the reveal. He, he does this audio. This cannot be the reveal. He does audio. He does not do see, manual labor. That's the way it's, lit, lit, it's, up, it's messed up up there. <laughs> I can't look. I can't. Del we Tufo, call walk this. Walk up the stairs. Walk up the stairs, Del Tufo. Yeah, okay. The not reveal. He's going to walk oh, up no, the stairs. Oh, no, I can't because I can't climb to where that is. Reveal. Yeah, you can. That's up the no, you can't. Story. It's uh, you gotta have a cable. <laughs> you guys don't know OSHA rules. <laughs> See, they screwed me. They did this on purpose. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's against you, Mike. I'm telling you. Uh, Del Tufo, just tell everyone out there you don't have any change for them. Just pull it. Give them good Jersey pull. Put them up. Yeah, there you go. Watch. <laughs> Put the microphone down and pull it. Pull the other one. You're a big man. Yank it. Yank it. Oh, <laughs> This is so much better. Oh, All right, Mike, come back in here and you. screw up the oh. audio now, Mike. Oh, oh trust me, there's a new sign in there. The sign reveal was one of the most embarrassing moments for me personally, Mike. It was um, embarrassing for me too, Rich. Okay, had, had, I mean, look, no, I had to climb up and uh, take <laughs> off the white thing. To reveal the sign. So now is it do, now is there a reveal? It's revealed. It, it's it's re- beautiful. Okay, let's pull back now. Let's take a look at the there's a rich eyes and show. Hey, look at that. Look at that. And it's got it's lit. Is it lit? It's, it lights up at night. At night, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. We thank the people here at ATT and Direct TV and Chris Long and the audience and the rest of the folks awesome. here at audience. Look at that. That's a nice, beautiful sign. I love that. And if only. It was revealed properly by Mike Del Tufo with a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk, here. Oh, Ben Lyons in for Rich. The show rolls on on a Wednesday. We got uh, Marshall Falk calling up in about 15 or so. Very excited to catch up with the Hall of Famer. It's very cool when you get a chance to talk in real life to the people that you played in video games. <laughs> like Marshall Falk on, on Madden is a legend. One of the great characters. One of the great players in video game history. And so one year, my last year at NFL Network, I was Marshall's producer for Game Day Morning. And I told him this once. I said, Marshall, my freshman year of college, I had your poster on my wall. How'd that go over? I mean, he was just like, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> it was like yeah, the, I'm Marshall Fox. Yeah, it did was you like, see me run with a football it on was my like, It was like the one year I told him I picked Kurt over him in fantasy. And he goes, you effed up. Yeah. <laughs> Just the incredible confidence it takes yeah. to be a professional athlete at yeah. that level, especially when you've earned it. You just have to have even more confidence, I guess. I mean, Jimmy Butler doesn't drive with rearview mirrors. He doesn't look back. That's <laughs> just so irresponsible. <laughs> but I mean, so confident in, the, in his ability to drive. Yeah, I think, like, you know, you think you're a confident person and then you meet a professional athlete. Oh, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what confidence is. Like, you think you work hard, you think you go to the gym and push it you rise and grind yeah you watch a professional athlete train watch a retired professional athlete train 
because there there's two ways athletes go when they retire. They just let it all hang out, or right. they ha- like are continuing to chase something. Like look at Joe Thomas, or if you follow Demarcus Ware on Instagram, like Demarcus Ware, he looks like he could still play. He's gonna be first ballot Hall of Famer next year. Yeah. He could still give you fifty snaps and probably ten sacks this season. Yeah, at Sean Merriman, if you want to see what a workout Jeez. routine looks like. What are we doing? Uh, having that confidence is key in, in sports and doing a show like this in life, no matter what's going on in your personal life, your professional life, if you can exude confidence out into the universe, good things more often than not will come back to you. Brockman, are you confident with your Red Sox down the stretch? <laughs> I am confident that Chris Sale, I think, is starting tomorrow. So, I mean, if that's their big plan to save the season, I mean, I would like competency in the bullpen right now. So let me take you back to a rainy night in the Bronx. Let's not do that. A rainy night <laughs> on 161st Street. It was the New Yankee Stadium. By the way, that game shouldn't even have been played that day. It was raining so hard. The heavens opened and rain fell down on left fielder Alex Verdugo. And then a, stood and in then a, a drunk D-bag threw a baseball at his back. As Richard Schiff with a bleacher ticket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> threw <Thanks>. a, a <laughs> baseball into Verdugo's back. And life as we knew it changed forever. A sliding doors moment. I called it that. I said, when, when that happened, it was so eerie and it's ominous. So weird. The rain, Verdugo, the fan. It was just dark energy. And the magic was gone. Poof, like that. Yeah, Kaiser Sose and kind of this whole dream season that would started with very little expectations, but then quickly ramped like, can this team make the World Series? Like super high a register. And now, what'd you say? We, nine of 11, I think it's- Nine of, you raised my nine 11. You're like, 14. I see your nine yeah. of 11. Or, I raise you 10 to 14. Yeah, I, may, I might even be 11 of 14. It's a disaster. Lost so much ground. Now five back of Tampa. I think we're- Tied for the wild card lead, I think. You don't even know. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Brockman having a meltdown with the Red Sox because when your team's just in spiraling in a state of chaos like this, nine of eleven. What can you do as a fan to help them? You're three thousand miles away. No, what can and, you I'm, do? and I'm, I'm still. How can you change your energy? I don't know. I'm still watching every night. I was. It was like as the meltdown was happening in the ninth. It was at bedtime for my son. So like. Matt Barnes is just giving up hit after hit, and I'm just cursing while we're trying to read Baby Beluga to my son Cage. It's just like, this is not good for his You're nighttime. imprinting on a, an yeah. impressionable infant. No, he, It's going to be so triggering oh when he's 12 years old and he goes whale watching. He's going to be like, ah, oh, get me inside. I don't want to look at the whales. Baby Beluga, I've got scars <laughs> as a parent because it connects to... Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes meltdown. Oh. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I you feel do, so helpless, don't you? I feel so, you're helpless as a fan. I mean, you think it's you. Oh, let me change where I'm sitting. Where I'm watching, who let I'm me, watching with. Let me with. change my shirt. Let me sit somewhere else. Let me drink something differently. But obviously, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just drinking I will say I have, in a little more slightly positive Boston sports news, I have talked myself into how great this Dennis Schroeder signing is. <laughs> Well, because just when you think about one year. Sorry. One year, 5.9 million, the mid-level exception. I feel like he's got a lot to prove after missing out on, let's just do some quick math here, 68.1 million. Uh, no, sorry, $78.1 million so that he could crazy. have had. This is so And so crazy. he's got a lot to prove, oh and he's going to be with the second unit. Like, I think it's totally fine. I've entered a weird time warp space continuum, a <laughs> vortex 
where I started doing this show several weeks ago and you had Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker and now I have Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker and you have Dennis Schroeder and you're talking yourself into it being a good deal. That is such Knicks behavior. Well, that is such a Knicks move. Well, hold on move. a second. The Knicks move doesn't also include Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, okay? So... Uh, I still have, I don't know how many more ups on you than did that. You, did you Google DS-17 Lounge yet? Uh, no, I don't want to do, I don't do go that to right that now. Pl- I don't want to get to that place. There was, a, there was a time in Dennis Schroeder's life and career we thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm here playing for the Hawks. Hookah's big in Atlanta. I should open my own hookah bar. Health code violations? We'll worry about that later. <laughs> uh, Mr. Schroeder, you have 21 health code violations. On your hookah lounge. I mean, look, yesterday. That's not a good idea. I don't think uh, I'm meant to be Mr. Zadir. You got me to sign up for the Carmelo Anthony wine newsletter. Sensible Pinot. Still waiting for my first email. Mondays, usually on Mondays. So I'm not going for the double dip of the Schroeder DS17 lounge. You imagine a night out at Dennis Schroeder's hookah lounge and you're you're pairing your experience with wines (laughs) you've selected from Carmelo's newsletter? A magical evening. On Lansdowne Street, Dennis Schroeder in Boston. You're actually talking yourself into this because the Red Sox are so bad. Yes. That that tells me how bad things are to be a Red Sox fan. I hear it from my dad all the time. But to hear it from you to the point where you're now talking yourself into a Dennis Schroeder signing. Yeah, well, I think also because they must be spiraling. Well, it's just one year and it's only the 5.9, which means next summer for free agency, there's a Supermax slot available that Boston can use, and so we'll be a front-runner for a big free agent. No, it's great. It's great. You also have a, <laughs> you also have a quarterback who has a raccoon tail as a wallet chain, so that's exciting. <laughs> uh, don't miss the thrilling new season of Departure. It's a Peacock original <laughs> drama. Archie Punjabi stars as an investigator recruited to Michigan to probe the mysterious crash of a new high-speed train. Binge the entire series from the beginning and catch all new episodes streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to get started. Ben Lyons in for Rich. We've got Bumani Jones calling in, huh? About 20 minutes or so from Bumani. Does a great podcast. Yeah. It's on the Costas show. Has some uh, interesting thoughts about people tweeting and Instagramming <laughs> just texts. Want to get into that? Uh, plus, we've also got Marshall Falk coming up next. Salema Masakela, fresh off the plane from Tokyo, calling the surfing. We got a big show as hour two is up next. Ben Lyons in for Rich. The Rich Eisen Show rolls on. So I'm thinking, Brockman, that maybe with all this aggression you have in your life right now, um, maybe all this anger and disappointment you have in the Red Sox, the fact you're talking yourself into liking Dennis Schroeder, that a day out on the golf course might be a good idea. I'll tell you what. We just got a brand new shipment of Callaway Chrome Softs. Hey, I'm going to bring a whole box of those uh, to where we're playing today, Ben Lyons. And I'm going to take all of my aggression out through. I'm going to channel it through the Callaway Epic Max speed that I'll be using into this tiny little Chrome Soft. And I will hit it. So far to the right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- you know, I-, I told you that I always regretted not being able to point shave in high school. I always wanted to be in a game that was controlled by gamblers <laughs> and still win the game, but only by at least six points. Like blue know. chips. Yeah, I always, or in rounders, there's a reference yeah. to those characters. I've always wanted to do that. So I've kind of fancied myself a country club hustler over the years. Okay. You know, I like to kind of have some action out there and 
TJ, I know you're not a golfer, despite being a diehard, a diehard Colin Morikawa fan. I know you're excited he just joined the Ryder Club. Or a country team. club guy for that um, matter. But, but I wonder if you think, that, like, I got an insight into the mind, the madness of, of who is Chris Brockman. You well, know? even more than that, like, just even more than that, you guys wouldn't play golf last week, right? Because right, we played and, last and you week. You guys talked about it, but here's one thing I never heard. I heard the buildup to you guys playing golf. Come the next day, I ain't hear crap about oh, what yeah. happened. So that right. leads me to believe that either you both played awful or one of you really, like, beat the pants off the other one and then you just don't want to bring it no, up. No, no, actually, I will say Ben's handicap is slightly better than mine, but we played about even, I think, on last week. Well, so we had uh, the will factor. You have to we, throw in the yes, will factor. the person that we played with was a character, to say the least. So I'm curious to see how we do today. Much tougher track. Much today. tougher track today. today we're you know, got to be honest. Longer. Not a track. surprise to the loyal viewers of the Rich Eisen Show uh, here on Peacock. Not a big Muni guy. More of a uh, more of a country club or a top 100 Publix kind of guy. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we played the Muni you know, we last week. We did have a bet though, TJ. You brought it up. We did have a bet for a Vinyasa flow on the show, <laughs> and somehow, conveniently, he forgot. The man in charge of the scorecard forgot it in the parking lot. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> That's the equivalent of kicking. So did the I get Nintendo. a little insight into the minds, the method, the madness that is Chris Brockman? I think you did, man. From our time out there. Oh, we might have to You rocking the one. We might have there? to run that vinyasa flow back in our match today. <laughs> Hour two coming up next.